Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Louise Hamlin's husband died suddenly two years ago, leaving her in deep grief and unsure how to move forward. She had practiced as a lawyer, solicitor, as they call it in England, and was a law professor at Cambridge. Coming from that black and white material kind of thinking, it took quite a journey and a lot of irrefutable signs and evidence to bring her to the belief of life after death. We're going to talk to her about that journey. So uh, welcome to the show, Louise. I'm so glad to have you here. Well, thank you, Bob, and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for asking me. Now, I know I abbreviated your background. You became a potter. You you traveled the world extensively. But, you know, I abbreviated it. But it, but it was really the materialistic, the black and white thinking that if you didn't see it, you know, or perceive it that way, one of your five senses, it couldn't be. It couldn't yeah. be. I mean, that's right. I I never closed my mind to it entirely, but I thought it was unlikely that there was life after death. Mm-hmm. And when my husband was so ill and was so dying, and he, we talked about it, and he was a lawyer as well. Mm-hmm. And we both were of the same frame of mind. We both thought that it was unlikely that there was life after death, but... It could, it could possibly be so. And then he died. I didn't ask him to give me any signs mm-hmm. because, you know, I you're just... busy with the dying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But why I... did you think that there wasn't, or did you just not think, give it that much thought? Well, I hadn't given it all that much thought. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I. I just, I suppose I had been educated in a sort of very materialistic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a lawyer, I'd been told that you needed to find evidence. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose that I hadn't searched for that evidence. I thought that probably we lived and then we died. And that mm-hmm. was it. Like we'd know it by now if there was. Yeah. <laughs> we'd just yes. know it. You know, yes. like electricity. You just know it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um after he passed, um I have I, I told you this before we got on. I have worked as a medium and, and talked to and and do what mediums have done for you. Um and one thing I tell every all people who are in grief or have lost somebody is that um, grief is a very dense emotion and a very dense energy field. And you talk about it in your book. Why is he talking to everybody else and not me? 
And it's very upsetting to the person who was just who, the closest person who is closest. And um, I tell people, you know, right at the beginning, um, you will get signs, you will get things from other people. The density of the grief is too hard for the spirit to get through. So they will send it through somebody else that doesn't have that density around them who they know will tell you, but it'll be weird. It'll be somebody you're checking out of a grocery store and somebody you casually say off and on grocery clerk will say to you, Hey, you know, I dreamed of your husband last night and, and he looked great. And you're thinking, why doesn't he come to me? You know, and what it is, is he knew he could get through to the clerk and the clerk would tell you and he you know, couldn't get through to you. You know? you know, I'm sure that that is right, because mm-hmm. I was in such a black place right, after, right. after Patrick, like such my husband dense, died. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure it was. I couldn't actually engage with anything. Right. I, I, was, I was a bit like an automaton. I just was dead to the world. I was so numb. Right. You disappear too, in a way. You did. Yes. Except for the pain. You wish that would disappear, but, you know, you did. But uh, yes, I was totally and utterly surrounded (laughs) by pain and grief. And yeah, my friends started telling me that they'd had signs from Patrick. Mm -hmm. Um, And I deliberately tell people that because of the hurt, of why is he talking to you and not to me? You know, and um, that hurt. In fact, funnily enough, I was just so distraught anyway that mm-hmm. I didn't think to be hurt by it. I sort of clutched at the straws when people told me that right. they had had signs. Um And I did go and see a medium very soon after he died, only Mm -hmm. a few days after. And that was not a success. And she she just didn't seem to be able to contact him at all. Uh, And in fact, she she ended up being a bit ratty with me because I was saying, well, no, no, that's not him. No, that's not him. And And I guess it was because, again, she couldn't get through or he couldn't get through to me. Right. And that's um, a learning curve on that side as well. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And a couple of months later, I contacted another medium. And I'm very pleased I did because mm-hmm. that was a fabulous experience. Right. It really was. Mm-hmm. And that, and as I was telling you, you know, when I work with the other side, um, it is their job to give me something that you will know. And I can't go by what they look like because they can change their looks. And sometimes they can pick a look they like from a different past life. So I never go by looks. I go by personality and I'll try to imitate some of their characteristics and I'm not a good imitator. So that's, you know, so then I just lay it on them. It's up to you (laughs) to give me something and weird things come through. Like um, recently I was saying to somebody, I I don't know what's with the ride. They keep, you know, like there's something wrong with the ride. They keep blinking, you know, she's, and she said to me, I have a picture on my mantle of them winking at me. And that's what they were doing was winking, but I didn't understand it. So it's always something little that says, okay, we've got the right person. 
you know. Yes. And in fact, this medium that I saw a couple of months after Patrick had died, mm-hmm. um, she she actually described him physically very accurately. Yeah, yeah. And she described his character. Um, mm. And she said, why is he giving me a cornflower? She was very specific. It wasn't flowers. It was a cornflower. And I knew exactly why. Because when we got married um, in 2010, Patrick had worn a cornflower in his buttonhole. And the cornflower for us represented our wedding. Oh, yeah. How nice. How very nice. And what a great symbol to send. Yes, so it yeah. made total sense. Mm-hmm. And then, ha- I'm sorry, go ahead. So, sorry. And then she said, he's pointing at his feet and he's wearing slippers and he's laughing. What's all that about? And again, I knew exactly what she meant because when the funeral director had asked me to send clothes to put on the body in the coffin, I had thought, Well, he was happiest when he was outside in the country doing things. And so I sent his country clothes. But then I looked at his boots and I thought they'd be very heavy for him. So I sent his country clothes, but his slippers. Mm -hmm. And so it looked, it was an odd combination. Yeah. Uh, And... I could quite understand why he was laughing at his slippers. <laughs> now, at that point, had you come in to that session with the medium open, closed, or just neutral? And, you know, how had you gotten from your black and white, th- what I call black and white thinking, which is earth thinking, you know, to that point? Well, yeah, well, my thinking was sort of, was gray, if you like. Mm-hmm. Gray, gray and, and white. So I, I never completely closed my mind. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I have to say, I don't mean negatively when I say black yeah. and white, no, but no, a no. lawyer will think in black and white. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, there, there are quite a few, you know, um, quite a few of us really think in black and white. Uh, and it's just a, uh, it is or it isn't kind of thinking. You know, so it's not negative, though. No, 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 totally. Um, I thought it was unlikely. But on the other hand, I I was desperate to know that he was okay. Mm -hmm. This was this was my real worry. Mm -hmm. Um, And in a way, you you could say that I was a prime example of cognitive dissonance, because on the one hand, I didn't really believe that his spirit would have survived. And the other on the other hand, I was really anxious about how he was and wanted to know. And, and you wanted him to be there. There's always that, yes. too, that, oh, that yes. the skeptics will say, say, you wanted it. You wanted it so badly you made it happen. But that's well, a hard thing to do you well, know, with some of the events you've had. I wanted it very, very badly. But in fact, one of my first experiences showed me that when a medium is in touch with the person who's died, she or he isn't actually reading your mind telepathically. Because when I phoned up this medium, whom I saw two months after Patrick had died, I phoned up and I just said to her, um, you know, I found you on the internet. My name is Louise and my husband died in February. 
And she said, mm, that might be a bit early, but let's see. She said, oh, he died in the middle of February, didn't he? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, he died on February the 16th, didn't he? And I said, no, he died on the 18th. He lost consciousness on the 16th. And she said, with great certainty in her voice, no, he's telling me he died on the 16th. <laughs> and I thought, well, I can quite understand why he thought he had died on the 16th, mm -hmm. because he'd been in a coma from the 16th until he died two days later. And he hadn't yeah. been able to communicate at all. Mm -hmm. But she couldn't have been reading my mind, because in my mind, he died on the 18th. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Before that, though, you had started to have some signs or other people around you had started to have some signs. Yes. And in, in particular, we had a friend who's a healer and a psychic. And just five days after he died, she contacted me and she said, Louise, this morning, I asked Patrick for a sign because I wanted to know that he was all right. And I asked him to show me a flame, not in a fire or not in a candle, but a flame. And she said, I then rather forgot about it. You know, I went about my daily business. And this evening, when I went to draw the curtains, I saw a tall, thin flame in the neighboring garden. And I ran and I got my camera and I took a photograph of it. And here's the photograph. And then the flame disappeared. And she said, I'm sure it was Patrick. I don't believe in coincidences. And I'm sure that he sent the flame in answer to my request to show that he's okay. Mm -hmm. And that is I unusual want... for your neighbor's yard to be on fire. <laughs> Very. And she sent, yeah. the she sent the photograph and there was this rather unusual tall, thin flame. And I, I didn't know what to think, Barb. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, I really wanted to believe that it was Patrick. Yeah. But on the yeah. other hand, I thought, well, it could be a coincidence. Mm -hmm. I understand uh, that. I understand where you so wanted to be. But it's just not good enough. I hate yeah. to say it. You know, it's just not good enough. It could have happened by accident weirdly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I understand that feeling too. Yeah. But then you started to get some more signs. When did it start to really come through to you? These are well, an awful lot of coincidences. There were indeed, <laughs> yeah. Well, two or three other friends started telling me that they'd had signs from him. Um, and I, I suppose just two or three weeks after he had died, I decided I would ask for a sign. And I asked for a feather because I knew that that is quite a common sign. Right. And anyway, nothing happened which didn't really surprise me. Um, though my friend then contacted me and said, I was just thinking of Patrick and two huge feathers fell out of the sky from nowhere in front of me. And that happened at just the time that I had asked him for a feather. 
But, you know, again, coincidence. I think the first time I actually got a sign was, again, a couple of months after he had died. And I was going to get a train and I asked for a feather on a train. And the next day I got the train and the carriage was quite crowded, but I could see a couple of seats just at the end, which were vacant. So I rushed up and sat down and I glanced at the seat next to me and there was a feather. And it becomes harder and harder to talk away. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was just a... It was just a little unassuming feather. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, is it, isn't it, is it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you also started to read at that point. Well, you were reading about bereavement. You were trying to, as a lawyer, you were trying to research it. <laughs> I was. And as well as life after death. Yes, indeed. I read an awful lot of books. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing that I was interested in reading. Mm-hmm. And I became even more fascinated once I started getting the WhatsApps. Um, I want to go into I, that a little bit later because that okay. is just amazing, that okay. kind of communication. But yeah. 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 Um, and I realized that there's a lot of evidence out there mm-hmm. about spirits from the afterlife contacting us. There's tons of evidence and there's lots of evidence about reincarnation. And right. yet the orthodoxy is to just you know, ignore it, mm-hmm. which I think is you had well, a couple. Sad. You had a couple ministers that you asked, "What about life after death?" And yes, and I was very surprised by that. Actually, um, I asked two different ministers whether they believed in life after death, and again, I was desperate for them to say mm-hmm. yes, of course. Yeah, and actually. Yeah. Both of them gave very, very wishy-washy answers and weren't at all persuasive. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised because, of of course, they were both Christian ministers and it's a tenet of Christianity that our souls survive. And surprised they didn't have an answer. Exactly, yes. Yeah, well, this one has of, to be a normal question. <laughs> I, I would have thought so, and one of them said, "Well, yes, I, I, I think that yes, I think there is life after death. Um, um, I, I, I think well, we walk in the hand of God, and so mm-hmm. I said, "Well, what do you mean by that?" And he said, mm, "I don't know really." Jeez, <laughs> I, oh, I know. <laughs> wow, it was, it was only when. I was at a hospital and I went to the chapel in the hospital and I was weeping and the chaplain suddenly appeared from nowhere and sat next to me. And I said to him, do you believe in life after death? And he was lovely. And he said, of course I do. 200%. I I wouldn't be in this job otherwise. And And you wondered how those other two were in that job. (laughs) I know. I know. Isn't it strange? Isn't that how they could not have an answer is is what blows me away most. How how could they not have an answer for that? Yeah, I have no idea. 
Because that has to be a common question. You know, are they there? You know, can can they hear me? Can I hear them? Can I talk to them again? Will I see him again? You know, all yes. of those things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in deep grief. That's kind of where you go. You know, and are they okay? That's a big one. Are they okay? Yeah, it's a huge worry. You just mm-hmm. want to know that they're okay. That, it's really a hard do. thing to tell somebody in, in deep grief. They're, they're not only fine, but they're fabulous. <laughs> you know, and it's always, you always feel bad saying this because you're in such deep pain and they feel great. <laughs> you don't want it to turn to anger. <laughs> but it is. It's always something that, you know, I apologize, you know, for saying this, but... Um, it is such a, such a wonderful feeling over there. But the other problem I always have to and given messages is you got very specific messages. And when I find messages from the other side are mostly like, uh, it is fabulous here. Um, it, I, I feel great. Nothing hurts. You know, usually people are hurting. Um, and it's a light joy, but there's also a disconnect from the deep emotions. They understand them, but in a removed kind of way. So um, it's just pure joy. I call it light bliss. It's a light bliss. Oh, how but, very but interesting. The, yeah, but the word, you know, everybody wants words of wisdom and pearls of, of, you know, profound pearls of wisdom. And they don't have them. You know, they don't really have them. Nor do they have I found that they really want to get too involved in your life because they can see the overall and they understand what's happening. But because they can see the overall, they just, um, they're not going to change anything for you. You know, well, I find that really interesting that you say that. Yes. And I'm because your guy did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm delighted that you say that their life is wonderful. Oh, because pure joy over there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is so consoling. It really Mm -hmm. is. Because, you know, I felt that Patrick was cheated of life. Um, he was 71 when he suddenly died and he'd always been very, very fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this is so unfair. He should have lived for another 20 years. But if he has gone to a life of pure joy, mm-hmm. then then I don't feel so bad about him dying comparatively oh, yeah. young. It, it is. It's like a light bliss. It's just joy, a light bliss. And um, they do come in and visit quite often. You know, they'll they'll often sleep with the widow. You know, they'll be in bed, but they'll they want to be um, acknowledged. They want to they want you to know that they're there. And and you'll feel a lot of times they'll do things that they used to do when they were here. Like if they poke you, you know, when you're in your, hey, 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 you know, they'll do that from the other side. Hey, hey, hey. And you'll feel this. And then again, you'll start to think, oh, I'm just imagining it. But you're not. You're not. A lot of time, the the breath, you know, you'll feel like there's a draft, but nothing's open, you know, or um, they like to move things a lot. (laughs) 
Well, you know, you know I hide of- things. <laughs> I, I often feel that Patrick is around. In mm-hmm. fact, I feel that he's around most of the time. I often and isn't feel, that great? Feel that- Perfect, perfect. I feel he's in bed with me. And -hmm. it's quite funny because he was never a huge fan of my driving. And (laughs) (laughs) he he didn't especially like being driven by me. He much preferred to be the driver. And sometimes when I'm driving along, it's hard to explain, but I always feel as if he's taking over my arms and is taking over the steering (laughs) wheel. Yeah. And I, I feel as though he's, decided that actually he's going to do the driving rather yeah, than me. let me take care of this <laughs> yes i know yeah it's a very yeah. strange sensation it really is mm-hmm. but it's a very it's a very real sensation yeah it's amazing it's amazing how in a way well they can come through to us and we have so much trouble coming through to them again it's so dense here and it's so light on the other side that um it's like I used to say before we I came in, I believe that we have committees before we come in and we arrange everything. And um, when I, you know, in, in my life, I've said to the committee, you know, <laughs> um, I can hear you. It's too dense here. When we planned, we forgot how heavy emotion is and how dense it is here. And I need cash because <laughs> you're not manifesting things so easily. <laughs> but I can, I you can hear me, but I can't hear you when I need cash. <laughs> well, so, well, certainly, I I found that meditation really helped me mm-hmm. in my in my grief because to start with, I felt that I just had this deep lake of grief inside me and it was like a churning lake it was very uncomfortable as a feeling Mm -hmm. and I found that meditation was in fact the only thing which could somehow still the churning and also I read how if you meditated then that would actually raise your vibration and I didn't Mm -hmm. really understand it but I thought well yeah I'll meditate because I want to be able to communicate with Patrick Right. Um, and so I did a lot of meditation. And I you used never... TM meditation because you said in your book well, that you had, had yeah, that I had to had... go back to. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no idea, Bob, whether that actually raised my vibrations or not. I do. Or calmed you, uh, calmed you enough for the density in your, in your, energy field around you to dissipate somewhat so he could get through more yeah 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 i want to talk about those what what but before we go there (laughs) the feathers you had quite a few with the feathers and the uh, a number of different signs but then uh you had a friend maria and she was also a medium i think Yes, she was. Um, When I met her, she had only just started doing readings for people. She'd actually always had this ability and always seen people who had passed. But her mother, when Maria was a child, thought that she was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so so she learned to... Hide it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Be very secretive about it. And mm-hmm. she just got a normal job and married and had children. Um, but never talked about ICG dead people. She, she didn't talk. <laughs> she didn't talk about it at all. But eventually it just became so pressing that she thought, I really must do something about this. Mm-hmm. And she did start to do readings and she didn't really charge for it. She wasn't doing it for money. She was just doing it because she felt that she had this ability and she owed it to the universe. I think people on the other side or spirits on the other side can see an opening that some people are able to hear them and then they go to that person and then they start to harass them. Tell them, tell them. <laughs> yes. Know, push. Well, when I, well, I heard about Maria and mm-hmm. I sent her a WhatsApp asking if I could see her. And I better explain that a WhatsApp is, it's like a text. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the UK, Everybody yeah. uses WhatsApps all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's quite so common in the States. In the States, we only use it really to, um, uh, really, I use it only to talk to people in other countries, so I don't have to pay for text, international text. Other than that, I never do. But you also need to have internet to do it, so cellular won't, yes. won't work with that. Yeah, that, that's true. But yeah. other than that, it appears exactly the same <laughs> as my text and my phone calls and all of that appears exactly the same. Yes. And what you also have is you have WhatsApp groups, which you can set up. That I didn't know about. Yeah. And nearly every family that I know has a WhatsApp group. And so if 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 somebody in the group posts a text or a photograph, then everybody in the group sees it. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, I sent her a WhatsApp saying, may I see you? And Apparently, as soon as she received this WhatsApp, she had all sorts of orbs of light in her sitting room where she was sitting. And so she knew that she had to see me straight away. Yeah. And um, she actually cancelled or postponed an appointment that she had for the next morning so that she could see me the next morning. She Which, sent you a picture too, didn't she, of the orbs? Yes, yes. What did they um, look like? Soap bubbles? Um, <laughs> I always think of orbs as like looking like soap bubbles where it's yes, you can it was, see through them, but they're there. Yes, yes. They were sort of round, round yellowish circles of light mm-hmm. and they were dancing around the walls. It was quite yeah. extraordinary. Anyway, I saw her and had a very good session with her and um, that was that and then a little while later I went out and I left my cell phone in the kitchen and anyway the house was locked there was nobody in the house the radio wasn't on it was all quiet and when I got back I picked up my phone and I saw that in the WhatsApp message box ready to send to Maria were a whole lot of words, a whole lot of words. Mm -hmm. And some were proper words and some were gobbledygook. And I couldn't make any sense of it at all. I mean, nor could I work out how they'd got there. 
And I was about to delete it all. And then I thought, oh, I don't know. So I sent it to Maria and I said, Maria, I don't understand, but my phone somehow opened itself on WhatsApp, opened itself on messages to you, and all these words appeared. Anyway, she replied, no idea, no idea at all. Mm -hmm. But then the next day, I got a WhatsApp from her. And she said, hey, Louise, I picked up my phone and I found this on my WhatsApp already sent to you. These are what we'd call a butt dial, except nobody was near the phone. Nobody was near the phone. Yeah. Exactly. And... She she said, you know, I didn't type this. I didn't put it on the phone. And anyway, it was a paragraph. And not all of it made sense. But three times it said in this paragraph, darling, it's me. Mm-hmm. And it also said Valentine's Day 2019 and Lily's and... Fifth Road. I didn't quite understand that. But anyway, mm-hmm. I thought, golly. And Maria said, I think it must be Patrick. Mm-hmm. And most of me thought it must be. Right. But, you know, but there was also... There's always that doubt. <laughs> always, always yeah. that I've wanted too much and this is just weird. I know, and, I know, yeah. I know. And a bit of me thought, well, could Maria be making this up? And mm-hmm. it seemed very unlikely. But then on the other hand, it also seemed very unlikely that Patrick had managed to send me a phone. Right. I mean, for, uh, uh, a WhatsApp, I mean, via Maria's phone. So What's amazing is you will go to, to believing in telepathy from your own mind to the phone <laughs> before you will go to Patrick's centers. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I mean, it's just, it's just, just really weird. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Maria kept on getting these messages and... I was becoming more and more convinced, but still there was a little bit of me that was doubting. Um, and eventually, at the beginning of August, I was totally convinced mm-hmm. because what happened was I was out walking with my dog, Phoebe, and the phone was in my pocket. And when I got back, I pulled the phone out of my pocket And the phone told me that I had created, at six minutes past 11, two WhatsApp groups, one called Hamlin Family, one called Hamlin's, one consisting of Patrick and me, one consisting of Patrick, his daughter, and me. And I knew that I had not created these groups. Mm. And they couldn't have been created accidentally by jiggling and I stared at the phone and I thought oh my goodness me it must be Patrick Mm -hmm. and I said a nephew or somebody um, I was staying with my son at the time or one of my (laughs) sons and he's a he's a lawyer in London (laughs) and um, he spent a long time trying to work out how somebody could have hacked my phone and done it because, (laughs) you know, he's, 
he's he's a black and white lawyer right right uh, <laughs> and looking for the for the reality yeah exactly mm-hmm. and eventually after a lot of research on his part he said you know what ma'am somebody could only have done it if they'd had access to your phone mm-hmm. and they didn't because the phone was in your pocket so actually it must be patrick yeah. And for him to realize that as <laughs> yeah. well was a big step. He was totally cornered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally but, but, cornered, yeah. But you know what, Bob? I knew then mm-hmm. that Patrick actually could manipulate WhatsApp. And That's he, not an easy thing from the other side to do either. Because, you know, most people, most spirits don't do that. Well, I mean, Pat, Patrick was an alpha male. He mm-hmm. was a, a very strong personality. And if he wanted to do something, then he would move get heaven on and death to do it. <laughs> and he was obviously determined mm-hmm. to let me know that he was still around. So he could um, drive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, when you talk to him, do you just talk out loud? Do you send him a WhatsApp? Well, I, 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 I have tried sending WhatsApps mm-hmm. to him. And, of course, I don't know. I don't actually ever get a response, an exact response to the WhatsApp I have sent. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the last WhatsApp message I got from him, which actually came after I'd written the book and it was being published, was, darling, I can hear you, please hear me. Wow. Which, which I yeah. thought was fabulous. <clears throat> and that is. The, and the please, he actually wrote it P-M-E-A-S-E, so it was sort of P-M-E-A-S-E. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, the letters aren't quite right, but you mm-hmm. can... You can see what he's trying to say. Right, right. So his thumbs aren't typing properly. <laughs> yes, yes. Right there, you wonder, right? <laughs> but I've, I've obviously, you know, gone into quite a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And though I haven't come across any other examples of people from the other side sending WhatsApps, there are quite a lot of examples of people from the other side sending emails uh, or even really? tele- yep yeah. or even telephone calls and it makes I've heard you realize- of the telephone calls mostly in the old the old <laughs> the um not cell when it was a yes. landline people yes. would you know yes. get phone calls yeah. yeah, but but they the spirits obviously keep up with the latest technology, and <laughs> yeah. and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of the emails you've heard about. Well, yeah, um, a friend of mine, she apparently um, has received emails from her father. And in fact, Maria, I th- this person I was telling you about, I think that she must be a bit of a portal. I think the veil must be very thin around Maria mm-hmm. because she says that she has quite often got emails for 
somebody else she knows, and it's the emails are from their mother, and she just says, "Oh, they come a lot," and I just sort of forward them on. Wow. <laughs> she was right. she was quite she was quite nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. What email address did they use? Their own when well, they were here, or? Do you know, I haven't asked her. <laughs> you so know, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I wonder, I, how does that happen? Yes, I wonder, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had I, I've had the experiences of the lights flickering, the lights going off, you know, the lights in the whole house going off um, for a little bit of time. Um Growing up, we would we would send. Well, this is how long ago we would send a telegram to say so and so has passed, and within twenty minutes receive a telegram saying the sister had passed on the other side. You know where everything crossed in the, in between. You know, and um, so you almost knew there's communication there. You know, there's communication, but I couldn't quite get it. Emails I hadn't heard about. Yes. You know, but what a direct way. I mean, that works real well. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very encouraging, isn't it, to think that spirits can actually communicate electronically. Right. See, now I get, um, I'll get the perception. I'll know they're there. I mean, there are times where I have to stop and say, what do you want? Okay, I know. What do you want? (laughs) Why are you? Because they're they're so their presence is so strong that it demands my attention. And then, you know, I'll go there. And sometimes I don't know that they want anything other than to be known. It's be known that they're here. Yeah. You know, I would like an email, (laughs) a very direct, you know. The way I understand it is we're a bit like fish in the sea mm-hmm. and we have no idea about life on land. Right. Uh, and there's That's this, a good way to put it, yeah. There's this whole other life very near to where we are, mm-hmm. but it's just beyond our imagination, really. I always say to people, you know how that... People say, oh, you're, you know, you're a drop in the ocean. I say to people, no, you're a drop and the ocean. (laughs) You're both, you know, you're you're both part of the larger picture and you're also the individual drop. So you're a drop and the ocean. And, And when I believe that when we decide to come here to the earth plane, we deliberately uh, go to a very dense area and we cut ourselves off from all information by taking on a body. And once we take on that body, it's it's like we've gone deaf, dumb and blind, but only our own senses are working and we can't make it through that density. But we've deliberately done it. And I think we've deliberately done it because nobody's going to live to the age of five. Everybody says, oh, this isn't any fun. I'm out of here. (laughs) I'll do it next time. (laughs) Where I think Christianity also got rid of reincarnation because everybody kept saying, I'll do it next time. (laughs) I know. Um, That's one thing. And I'll come back to some of the things in your book. But I want to talk about this because this just kind of blows my mind. There, in my mind, there is so much true evidence out there um, that we have science 
has sworn that something is a fact based on evidence that is like evidence of the other side. And yet we can't say this is a fact. Science will not go there. But one of the things I want to talk about, and it's it's in your book as well, and I've read it in other places, where um, somebody went into a hospital on, on a gurney, and as they were going into the hospital and basically dying on the bed, you know, um, they talked about a shoe being on a, a windowsill and a red shoe, actually, I'd read in a different part of the hospital. <clears throat> you know, as I, as I came back, they talked about having seen this. And there was no way they were in any other part of the hospital. <clears throat> and people went and looked and found that shoe. Now, there are so many stories like that, that there is no way they could have known about that. Yes. You know, and that is I evidence. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. It really is evidence. And also, I think what's interesting, as well as all this evidence, which is documented in, in lots of books, right? Um, quantum physics is now discovering things that conventional physics says is impossible, mm-hmm. actually happens. And so you have things like quantum entanglement. And I don't begin to understand it, but I do know that if you have two electrons which are entangled somehow, if one of them is moved to um, start revolving sort of anti-clockwise rather than clockwise, at exactly the same time, the other side of the world, the entangled electron will start to do the same. And it's it's sort of impossible, but it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, with you know quantum physics, you have electrons apparently going through barriers which they can't shouldn't be able to get through, mm-hmm. but they do. And so, I think well, this science is beginning to realise that actually, what we thought was true and was possible or impossible was wrong. And they're not coming out with it yet, though. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're not admitting it. You know, you've got quantum physics and a few people saying, well, this is, you know, but we have a lot of scientific facts based on things that we don't understand, yet we accept it. Yes. And I am just blown away by we have so much evidence that there is something outside the body. There is more, um, both in reincarnation. And we talked about um, in your book, you talked about the fighter pilot who um, or the little boy that came back and and knew everything about him. That veil hadn't been pulled yet and uh, where it was and what happened. And and they found that plane and pulled up the plane. I think he was even there when they pulled it up. Uh, Exactly. I mean, there is so much evidence out there. And it's it's very, very remiss of scientists, I think, to ignore it. Mm -hmm. And there are a few brave souls who put their head above the parapet and 
and try and investigate and try you're becoming and- one of those brave souls now with all your black and white thinking friends lawyers and all of oh. that you know how well does that go over <laughs> oh, I, I totally realized that I was putting my head above the parapet and I mean I have mentioned my book to um, members of the college in Cambridge where I used to work and you know I can see their eyes glazing over right um, that crazy you're becoming that crazy lady exactly <laughs> yeah but but one of the reasons that I wanted to write the book was because I wanted to validate the experience of a lot of bereaved people because mm-hmm. what I've discovered in talking to bereaved people is that if you say and have you had any signs mm-hmm. They will be a bit hesitant. And then if you say, I have, they then will say, oh, so have I. But, you know, I haven't dared tell anybody about it because I haven't wanted people to think me crazy. Or, you know, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure I had because there was this really strange thing that happened. But do you think it could have been a sign? And I say, well, yes, yes. (laughs) You're giving them a safe place. Yes. safe space to to acknowledge that what they're seeing may be true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm hoping that my book, if they read my book and realize that, you know, I was a black and white lawyer, mm-hmm. but but now I'm absolutely 100 percent convinced and sure that there is an afterlife and that spirits can send us signs, then maybe they will feel more able to more safe to and receive signs and to also talk about it because Mm -hmm. I would like this to be just part of general conversation right right now the birds though birds are a big thing and I have talked to so many people where they're on their way to a funeral and these are neighbors you know and they'll say but I can't get this damn bird out of my house (laughs) so what is it about birds as as carrying you know, the spirit. I don't know, but a couple of people that I know have had strange things with robins. Mm-hmm. And and um, robins in particular do seem to be messengers, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And here we have... In my family, anyway, it seems to be cardinals. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So apparently we like, as a family, we like that group. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it, it is so interesting how um, when somebody has passed, they will, a bird will be in your house or tapping on your window or something, and you'll immediately look at the bird and think of that person. Yes. And yeah. And um, a friend of mine was devastated because her twin sister died. Mm-hmm. And she she said that she got into her car and a robin came and sat on her wing mirror, which <laughs> had never happened before and is very unusual. And the robin just stayed there mm-hmm. and was sort of looking at her through the window. Yeah. And eventually she started the engine because she had to go somewhere. Um, But the robin just carried on sitting there and she she realized that actually it was a sign from her twin sister. Right. And how comforting that is to know. So so comforting. I can't 
tell you how comforting I have found it to know that Patrick is still around. Mm -hmm. And happy and feeling good. Yes. And the idea of, you know, such a wonderful man no longer existing seemed terrible, quite devastating. But to know that he is still existing is just, oh, and he's there and communicating, even though the wire isn't very good. <laughs> Communication's exactly. a little broken up, but the wire is not great, but he's still there. Exactly. Yeah. It does make a huge difference. And and also, as humans ourselves, to know, oh, no, this is there's more than this. This is yes. bigger than what we know. Yeah, and I mean, I can remember seeing a bereavement counsellor who said, oh, you know, don't go to mediums. They're never 100% accurate and they're, they're no help. No, don't go to mediums. And I thought, you're so wrong, because yeah. actually by then I'd already been to a medium and found it helpful. Right, um, right. And I, th- I think, okay, maybe a medium is never 100% mm-hmm. accurate, which, you know, is fine, but they certainly pass the exam with flying colors very often. Right. They're accurate enough that they cannot totally. know this information unless the other person has told totally. them. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, indeed, the, the, what we think is inaccuracy may not be inaccuracy anyway. Mm-hmm. I saw a medium... Um, just a year ago, and I haven't seen all that many, but it sounds as though I have. Right. Um, and she said, oh, you know, a woman's coming. And I wasn't really interested in a woman. I just wanted to talk to <laughs> Get Patrick. Get out of my way. Where's yeah. Patrick? <laughs> and, and she said, oh, this woman, um, she's quite short and she's got dark curly hair and brown eyes. And um, oh, she's a very sort of forthright, strong personality. Oh, she, she, she's your mother-in-law. Hmm. And, and I was saying, no. No, she isn't my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law was blonde and very gentle and sweet and (laughs) loving. And anyway, the medium sort of insisted that she was my mother-in-law. And I was saying, no, no, you've got that one wrong. Sorry. And so she said, okay, well, we'll park it. Mm -hmm. And we were just about to go on to something else when I suddenly said, "Oh, oh, actually... She sounds just like Patrick's mother. And Patrick was my second husband. I had never met his mother because she had died after I'd met Patrick, um, before I'd met Patrick. Mm -hmm. And I had never really thought of her as a mother-in-law. So I was thinking of the mother of my first husband, whom I'd known and been very fond of. Um, Mm -hmm. And and right there, how could they get that information from you? Totally, totally. Yeah. And, you know, if I hadn't suddenly thought, oh, yes, mm-hmm. I would have carried on thinking, yeah, well, she got that one wrong. Right. And, <laughs> and I've gotten calls from people saying, oh, my God, on the way home, I realized. <laughs> but you know what, though? I want to keep going, but I can't. We've run out of time. <laughs> but um, I think that's fabulous for people going through bereavement for for the bereaved really is what who you're reaching out to but it's so much more and and saying to everybody there's there it's bigger they're still here it's bigger so you know it's great but where would um they get your book and let's give the name of your book and where they can find it and there where they can get hold of you if you'd like them to yes certainly well i have a website which is www.com 
louisehamlin.com and Hamlin is H-A-M-L-I-N. And my book is called WhatsApps from Heaven. And you can get it on Amazon or from any good bookshop. Mm-hmm. But, um, That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you Google WhatsApps from Heaven, it will come up. Or if you go onto my website, you'll see all about it mm-hmm. and more about me as well. And, and this is for, um, well, it's for everybody, but also for those going through this kind of process, you're not yeah. crazy. You're not I mean, crazy. No. <laughs> and I mean, I also describe my bereavement and how I felt and how I navigated my way through it because mm-hmm. it's sort of the book that I wanted to find and couldn't. It was my personal experience of bereavement. And I assure you, I was in the depths of despair and thought that yeah. I would never, ever be happy again. Mm-hmm. And actually, do you know, I am happy again. I, I carry a sadness within me, yeah. but and it's become part of me. But I am happy again. So, you know, you can get through it. That's great. And on that note, we're going to end. We, anybody who needs to, if they forget your name, you can come to uh, my website, viewthroughtheveil.com, and Louise will have a connection to Louise on there as well. So thanks so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Bob. I've loved talking to you. Thanks. Have a great weekend. And you. Thanks. Bye-bye. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.